Digify Africa and Flash Conversations. Welcome to another installment of the Digify Pro Unplugged sessions. As you know, we usually bring in, you know, young people who are doing great things online in the, in the digital economy, um, you know, from digital creatives, micro-influencers to marketers, sort of trying to have conversations around how do we build a better um, you know, digital economy for the African continent and for the young people on the continent. Joining me in conversation today is Sipol, who is, for me, I think the funniest guy on earth. I think since he sort of emerged on our secondary screens, he's had South African comedians under the sink crying. Um, so, yeah, I thought, why not bring him along and sort of have a conversation around how do we monetize YouTube and how do we earn on YouTube. I think, you know, as he also, I mean, he started on YouTube, um, he had several pages on there. And I think he did have a conversation with the Black Wendy at some point touching on this, but it wasn't really in a full length. So I thought, let me just capitalize on that, bring him on and sort of expand on that conversation. How have you been, Siko? I mean, it's been, been trying good. times. Yes, I've been good. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, you're right. It has been, it's been a weird year, hasn't it? <laughs> It's been a very weird year where everybody's just kind of getting along, trying to survive, literally uh, trying to find meaning in this new normal. And uh, I guess it's a better time now more than ever. You know, they always say you must reinvent yourself, try new things and, you know, see what else is out there for you. I think the past year has forced a lot of us to kind of look into new corners of ourselves, and, um, especially because digital has kind of been the one thing that's connected the entire world. When the entire world was at home so it's, it's been an exciting um i mean a terrifying but exciting year in terms of growth and just on that actually for you i mean you are sort of in the the, the content creation space especially online how yeah. does that look like for you since last year march up until now the internet um has been the one thing that's kept us all together over the past year um, as far as entertainment goes, you know, because it's something that we always have in our hands. And of course, we all know we're addicted to being online. But in the past year, you almost had no choice. Even people who I know have not been, uh, have not been big on anything that's happening on social media. I've gotten a lot of education over the past year. So it's helped digital creators get, I think, a bigger audience and people to really focus on what they do for a living. Because being stuck at home, meant and the internet being the only form of internet entertainment meant a lot more people were using their phones so a lot more people got familiar with all these programs that they weren't familiar with our instagrams youtube tiktok you know uh people started to enjoy the entertainment and then they wanted to participate in it so they understand the market a little bit better and i feel like that growth alone means a lot especially for a country like south africa where we're constantly trying to break into these barriers and we know that internet penetration is still a problem the pandemic in a way has helped kind of people give it a little bit more respect because now you're stuck just with your phone in your hand. Uh, traditional uh, forms of uh, entertainment like television became harder to connect with because no new programs were coming out because nobody could meet up to record anything. So everything felt old, outdated. The only current right now thing was online. So it's been, a, it's, it's been quite uh, interesting for me, I think. You know, I think when we think online creating or creation of content I think a lot of people there's this misconception that it's easy and sometimes I'm like yo guys editing is a thing conceptualizing is a thing it's it's actually a lot of there's a lot of production especially when you don't have a production company and you're doing everything like literally by yourself um so I thought 
why not, you know, for our audience, especially for our Digify Pro alumni who are sort of being trained to work in the content creation space, who don't necessarily maybe have an opportunity to engage with people who actually are doing this on the ground and are currently doing well. Um, I thought, let's just have this conversation to show insight and some of the things that they need to be mindful of, um, you know, when entering the YouTube space in terms of creation and also if they have the intentions of wanting to make money from it. Now, from your view, what are some of the things that one needs to think about before starting a YouTube page? Before we even talk about monetizing, but like yeah. in the beginning, if I'm sitting at home and I'm thinking, actually, I want to start a YouTube page, what, what are some of the conversations I need to be having with myself? Well, the first thing is, as soon as you are at that point of, I want to start a YouTube page, then that's for me is good enough already in terms of people, I think, overthink the beginning part of it. Yeah, because they immediately, uh, especially because this conversation is going to drive into money, because it's not easy to create content and the consistency that you're going to need in order for you to find any sort of success. The first thing that you must go into that into uh, thinking is not about money; it's about the passion, because that's what's going to keep you going. So when you decide, you know, I want to share some part of my life with people online, and I want to start this YouTube channel. You know, what I'm saying you're pretty excited for it, obviously, because you're. You've checked out some YouTube videos and channels where you've got faves and you think I can contribute here man, in one way or another, whether it's uh, comedy or travel or uh, to read online, whatever my interest is, I want to see what that is and maybe how I can start it on YouTube. And that's the second part of it. What are you interested in? What has caught your eye? What do you want to do on YouTube that you know you can uh, speak not so much with authority on, but even grow into something that you really love, you know what I mean? So what is it that that's attracted you to you? What have you seen out there? Uh, and this is the research part of it. What have you seen out there about what's similar to what you want to do and how are you going to kind of, you know, find your own voice? Because it's not about, you have to sit there and think about the most original thing in the world. There's plenty of cooking channels online. So if you really like cooking and that's what you want to share with yourself, just bring your own voice into that talent. You don't have to become uh, the greatest cook in the world or you can't reinvent cooking, you know what I mean? So people would think that could discourage people and say, I wanna cook, but it seems like there's millions of cooking channels. How am I even gonna find space here? It looks like it's full. Or I really like traveling and I wanna speak about traveling, but everywhere I look, all the travel people that I follow seem to be doing it at such a great level. I don't know if I can contribute. So you'll have those moments of doubt, but if you're truly passionate about something and something that you, A, really know well about, and B, of course, are willing to grow into and become almost, can speak with authority on, then that's good enough. You shouldn't overthink that situation. Now I have to start thinking about the structure. Okay, what, how am I gonna shoot this? Am I gonna be inside, outside? These are the small things you start to consider about what you're gonna do with the YouTube channel. Does it require you to travel a lot and be certain places? Or is this something, I always say is you must all be able to start on your own at home. It's the simplest way to think about it. Whatever it is that you wanna do, you must be able to start on your own at home. Because that's what you're going to need at first. It's going to have, it's going to be you. It's hard to start a YouTube channel with the backing of an entire team, you know? Um, it's it's going to be very difficult for you. Unless, you, even if it's a, unless it's a group of you guys stand together, maybe it's you and a friend want to start a YouTube channel together or you, maybe as a couple. But the, the, the challenges are still the same in terms of you have to boil it down to its most basic form and say, I am the person who's starting this channel. I must commit to it. I must be able to do this at home on my own. Because then you're, you're taking away a lot of excuses that can be a part of content creation in terms of like, if you say, oh no, I need a studio 
oh, I need this type of lighting. I need, you're just creating all these excuses in front, thinking that you have to come up with some sort of Hollywood production, which is not what YouTube is about. You know, it is very personal. People off the uh, off the bat are already tuning in, thinking I'm gonna find something with a probably very simple set. Maybe somebody in their living room, maybe somebody in their bedroom, which is how some of the biggest YouTubers right now started uh, by probably shooting something in their bedroom, and they gained that audience just by talking to people about whatever it is that they were interested in. So I say start simple. You know, very clean, do your research about what's out there, see how you're gonna insert yourself, and then start thinking about where this production is gonna take place, in your home, where in your home, anywhere you want. Pick a spot, and then at the only, the biggest thing that you're gonna need when you start is just a camera that shoots in HD. That's it, once you have that, then you're pretty much good to go. You don't have to overthink, you know, you watch YouTube a lot, and then you see people, that I put a lot of effort, you see amazing intros and you're like, man, that looks so professional. You see great lighting, you hear this perfect sound and you're like, until I can maybe be able to afford these things, maybe I should stay away. And that's not the case at all. Like I said, people started 10 years ago, some of them shooting on their cell phone in their bedroom with their unmade bed behind them without overthinking <laughs> anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> they just said, I'm voiced ad here, so I'm just going to do it. And the initial part about it is just you motivating yourself. It's all mind games. Before you get on YouTube, the only thing they're gonna be, you're going to be playing is mind games with yourself. How good it could be, how bad it can be. What if only one person subscribes? What if nobody subscribes? Oh my God, what if this happens? Oh, ah, let me just not do it. There's too much variables. And I'm saying get rid of all that and just take it back to basics. What do you want to do? How can you do it by yourself in your home with your own camera? But now once I've started and I noticed, um, you know, a lot of you touch on something that's very important of not really paying attention to the aesthetic yes in, in as much as it is quite important but it's it, it shouldn't create such a barrier to the point where you are now discouraging yourself from moving or, or from making that you know um, decision of starting the the page but now the problem is that how do you then, um, you know, you, you spoke about choosing the topics. And I mean, um, I think there was a, I was watching another video not so long ago talking about choosing a topic that earns viewers and, you know, sort of the conflict that comes from that, that I'm interested in, I don't know, talking about vegan food, but like there isn't a lot of a vegan community. Do I then go into the oversaturated topics, which is makeup? hair um particularly in the south african audience when you're making that decision how do i know or like how do how how confident am i that a topic that's not necessarily popular on youtube is going to make it um that's a decision you're going to have to make about uh what you're actually having to achieve on youtube mm -hmm. uh, so when you're going into it about i mean maybe your interest could be so niche that you think i don't yeah. know if anybody speaks about this on youtube it could be something maybe even so scientific, so specialized, that not even a lot of people can yeah. uh, jump into it. And I'll give you an example, actually, because I was talking to a friend of mine a few weeks ago and he had sent me this um, link and he was like, yo, I think it's, it's hard out there for uh, some people on YouTube, you know? And there was a video where this guy who reviews software, uh -huh. um, this guy who reviews software, he, was make, he made a video about how he's been on YouTube for 10, 15 years and he hasn't had a lot of growth in the channel. He, you know, his views versus other people who are in tech uh, are, are quite minuscule. You know, he's managed maybe over the past 15 years, like I said, to have built eventually like 20,000, 30,000 subscribers and uh, to get to get videos that 
view somewhere between 20 and 50,000, which in the tech space is very, very low. You know what I'm saying? Especially because it's overseas. I think it's in America or whatever. Mm, Versus yeah. these guys who get millions. And the difference is that he chose a very niche thing to do from the beginning he knew, which is software reviews. Software reviews on YouTube, and there are topics like that, they generally don't do very well. They don't get you this explosive market where you have these millions of subscribers. Um, yeah. In the tech as a niche thing in the tech space because very few people go online to find out how software works it's literally that simple very very few people and the people that do that are usually very specialized so it's somebody who's in it who's having a small problem and very few people are going to have that problem where they're going to want to go online and solve it you know what i mean sure. it's sure. like if, it's like if somebody who fixes uh tvs for example and you make uh-huh. videos about fixing tvs nobody fixes their tvs except for people that fix tvs <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> if you were to make videos and you're really good at fixing TVs, the reality of it is that only a guy who fixes TVs and halfway through trying to fix it has a problem will go online to go and find out if somebody has an issue to this very technical problem that literally only a handful of people in the world might ever wonder about. So yeah, by, virtue, like by virtue of that nicheness, you must understand that only a small amount of people will gravitate towards it. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Now, I get with, that. You know what I'm saying? So if you think about what it is that you want to do, and if you think, is it really that specialized that very few people might come? And you can find this out just by doing simple research. I might right now think, or I don't think very people have, are, inter- are not interested in, uh, in, uh, in stamps. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I wonder how many people are interested in stamps, because I love stamps. Let's say, let's say that was the case. A simple online search to see who's speaking about stamps on YouTube, an extensive search will bring up all the information I know. Google search, yeah. reading articles, and then you find out how just how specialized. What if you were to search right now and find that everybody who talks about stamps on YouTube gets like a hundred million views? That would obviously obviously immediately encourage you. You'd be like, oh wait, there is not only uh, is this the topic that I want to speak about, but I see that it ha- it gets a lot of interest online. You know, yeah. when there's like hashtags or videos that are like on it. Um, so this helps you kind of create uh, a market for yourself in terms of. If something that you wanted to go in, if you are scared that not a lot of people gravitate towards, a little bit of research will confirm or dispel that rumor for you very simply. And also the other part about it is that if you don't want to speak about something, even though you're passionate about it, then you'd rather speak about something else because it's a more popular topic. As long as you're comfortable doing that, then that's also fine. You know what I mean? You don't have to, like, I know people who said, I, I just wanted to make content. I did not care what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a YouTuber. I desperately wanted to be a YouTuber. So I registered the channel one day and I started speaking about everything. One day I speak about hair. The next day I speak about my nails. The other day I'm doing, I'm talking about my family. And this now you have to think is what a, what is now known as a lifestyle YouTube channel. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. People who don't restrict themselves to one thing, they literally just speak about their lives in general because they wanted to share. Yeah. Maybe they're very outgoing and they thought, you know what, I'm going to start a YouTube channel and I'm just going to be myself. When I'm having a bad day, I'll make a video about making a bad day. When I'm traveling to Cape Town, I'll do a vlog about traveling to Cape Town. Then you don't restrict yourself if you feel like I just want to take part in this um, and share parts of myself. Even if it's you just be always being at home, that's also fine. All I'm saying is that you don't have to restrict yourself if you can, a lot of people will tell you, we want that YouTube channel and they speak about several things, especially maybe even local, uh, especially local ladies in South Africa who do a lot of beauty content. You find that they haven't restricted themselves. They do beauty, but also they do story times and then they do travel, you know, even people who yeah, are yeah. just doing one thing, they've learned to expand because YouTube is very personal. So whatever that you're trying to do, if you can think that you have to almost endear yourself to people, you know, they have to know who you are, regardless of what you're talking about. They, they're really tuning in for you. 
That's how you can have a hundred makeup channels. People go to certain people because of their personalities. You'd be like, I like the way this person speaks, or I relate to this person because it sounds like their life story is similar to mine. So every time I'm watching them, I feel like I'm watching myself. That's why you must always be yourself, because then you'll see that how many people out there think like you, enjoy the things that you enjoy, or just enjoy you as a person. So you, so you start acting, it's, it's a bit difficult, unless your thing is to act. Because then, you must, oh, then you're always molding and trying to please people, you know what I mean? So regardless yeah, of whatever yeah. you choose to do, personality is the thing that's really going to sell it. Because every time that you've seen online people sharing videos, you always find somebody saying, oh my goodness, this person makes me laugh so much. This person is so ridiculous. You see the comments from people who are like very personalized to them. That's where your fan base starts yeah. to come in. Because then they speak for you mm -hmm. and they recommend you based on your personality. Like She's so much fun. You should watch her channel because I listen, I know everybody does makeup, but you should watch her channel specifically because the way that she speaks and the way that how she does it when she's doing it is totally different from everybody else. What's going to set you apart is your personalities. You can all do the same things, but no one can replicate you. Sure. Now that, um, you know, we've sort of gone through the, the, the starting and the sort of setting the tone and the look and the feel for the page, yeah. then the question about, <clears throat> excuse me, money comes in, which is a very hard one because I think there's also people see people sort of buying stuff, you know, buying the, the what is it? the um, what do you call ring lights and all of these things and they're thinking like money just comes from get-go <laughs> not understanding that actually it's like a build-up of you know a lot of work that goes into you getting to that point where you even start making money that makes sense and I remember in the video that you did with, with um, Wendy you sort of touched on the fact that you actually don't even make a lot of money until like a certain amount of videos and a certain amount of ad revenue has sort of um, you know, happen on your on your page. Walk us through then some of the, I guess, important pointers that one needs to familiarize themselves with when thinking about monetization and and how does that look like for their particular um, page? All right. Um, so monetization is uh, something that excites a lot of people, of course, because you know everybody wants to make money, and if you can make money <laughs> shooting your own videos at home, is a very exciting thing to think about that you could, you know have some, attain some financial freedom out of doing something um, that seems so natural, you know? Sure. Like, um, the first thing that you're gonna have to know about monetization is that once you start your YouTube channel, the first thing that you must have to monetize your channel, first of all, is a thousand subscribers. Mm -hmm. So you have to reach a thousand subscribers. The second thing that you must have is you must have 4,000 watch hours within a 12 month period. Mm -hmm. That's, that's step one of monetizing your channel on YouTube. Before YouTube can put any ads on your channel and say you are now eligible to put advertising and make some money from this advertising. Um, the first thing that you must have, again, I repeat, is a thousand subscribers and at least 4,000 watch hours within a 12 month period. If you don't get 4,000 uh, watch hours within a 12 month period, it doesn't carry over. It starts from zero again. You know what I mean? So every 12 months, it will reset to zero until the day you reached 4,000 within 12 months. <laughs> and I know this has happened to a few people. A lot of people started their YouTube channel, reached 1,000 subscribers, and were desperately trying to reach this 4,000 within a year and didn't make it and have stopped from zero. So the first thing, again, so then after you said, we'll get into the technical part of it because now you understand how small things like having a passion for what you're doing are the things that are going to keep you going. And not, because disappointment can come very easily. 
uh, you know, one, one, if you struggle to get a thousand, you must have, must have feeling demotivated to create content. So the reason why you're creating content must always be kind of separate from money. First, think about the content, be passionate about it. Once you get the money part, now you must play the long and very, very patient game. <laughs> you know, you're not gonna, you might not be as lucky as other people who start their channels, for example, uh, today and then tomorrow, it seems like they've reached 30,000, 50,000 subscribers. And you're like, whoa, yeah. I hope that happens for me as well. You know what I'm saying? And when it doesn't, you might be demotivated. So I speak about the money, but I always remind people, don't let that be the primary thing. So yeah. anyway, so you, 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 once you, you, you'll get that, 1,000 subscribers, 4,000 watch hours, your channel will be monetized and you'll just go through a little technical registration process with YouTube and then those are flighting ads on your channel. Now, the money that you're making from flighting ads also is not a lot of money. Again, I bring it back to the South African context or even to the African context rather of when yeah. I think about people who get a lot of views. And I mean, we can make examples about very, very, uh, what are some of the biggest channels in the country? Some people who are doing, anyone who's making like maybe a hundred thousand subscribers, you know, let's start, let's start in, the, in that field. Yeah. Uh, your Mitalis and whatnot, right? 200,000 subscribers, your comic, your, uh, your what comics online that are getting 300, 400,000, your Lassizwes who are averaging three, 400,000 views in, um, uh, what you call this, per video. Now, if you're keeping it at a very average, basic level, uh, kind of the medium YouTubers who are getting anything between 10 to 50,000 views um, uh, a video, which is kind of the market which a lot of people that we are attracted to kind of uh, are getting. Anything between 10,000, 50,000, we think these people are doing pretty well on YouTube, right? Okay. Now the number, what you're getting paid from that is very, very little. So again, how you're going to make money in South African context, if these are the views that you're getting, anything between 10,000, 50,000, up to 100,000 per video, you're not going to make as much money as you're thinking in your mind because it doesn't pay that much. Maybe you could get 20,000 subscribers and because first of all, you have to hit the thousand rand mark every month to get a payout. YouTube pays out every month. Mm-hmm. And you have to get at least a thousand rand for them to pay you out. You know what I mean? If you get if you if you make if a video makes less than ten thousand rand or you your entire channel makes ten thousand rand, they won't pay you out. Now, if you put out a video that gets around twenty thousand subscribers, uh, you may be lucky to depend on how many ads you put. This is where the technical part comes in. Because you get to choose how many ads you put, how many they must repeat. You have been watching YouTube and then you see like seven ads in one video. Yeah. You know I mean? I'm sure you've <laughs> seen I'm that. And I'm just like, can you respect us also? But then yep. You've definitely seen that when you're on YouTube yeah. and you, one video, you see all those little yellow lines and like, there's so many ad breaks here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> YouTube gives us an option to do that because uh, the more ads you have, of course, the more money you make. But your video can't just be ad because then it looks very unattractive to your, your viewers. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. toy that line very carefully where you're not annoying people with the ads. But at the same time, you say, hey, man, I made like a 45-minute video. I want to squeeze in about four ads on here. And if that thing gets about 20,000, views, you know, I may be able to make something like 2,000 Rand if I'm lucky, you know what I mean? From just that one video. So these are the amounts that you start playing with. Yeah. And already you're hearing about it. It's some money, but it's not a lot of money. You know what I mean? Even if you release a video every week and that video gets 30, 50,000 yeah, subscribers, yeah. let's say you release one video every week, four weeks, those videos are clocking 30 to 50,000 views. Um, and maybe at the end of the month, you might be lucky to get something close to uh, seven, 10,000 Rand, depending on how you played it. Anything between, let's say, five and 10,000 Rand for those type of views. So, again, now you're seeing what it's again not a lot of money, right? Not, not in the greater context of I can do this for a living and that's all I do. 
if you if that's all you're doing and yeah. your ceiling was somewhere between five and ten thousand rand that's not really money you can live on as an adult you know what i mean <laughs> yeah especially so you have to start thinking about what are the best ways for me to actually make money and the mm-hmm. this is why i bring it to the real conversation you're going to make some money some ad revenue money on your youtube channel but don't think about that as money that's going to allow you to quit so leave that out of your thinking immediately unless your plan is to get a hundreds of thousands to millions of views per video then don't think of youtube as uh, as, as that mo- that money that's going to come in as the money that's going to immediately change your life you know what I mean? It's going to add on to you and you'll be able to make an, 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 another source of income. Mm-hmm. But then what you really want to start doing is start collaborating with brands. That's how locally a lot of people are able to make money from being content creators just through collaboration. Views are not the thing that people are chasing. No matter how good the views look to you and you're thinking, man, this guy must be getting a lot of money because he's getting 50,000 views. That's not the case. Where the money comes in is through brand collaboration. Other, other than that, YouTube is almost just going to be like another source of income for you that helps you around. You know what I mean? It's not any life-changing money. Fame doesn't pay and views don't pay that much. What really pays is brand collaboration. That's why you see all your favorite YouTubers are constantly collaborating and teaming up with brands. If it's somebody who does makeup, they want to team up with the Revlon, for example, and they want to strike a deal with the Revlon where they're going to create five videos uh, over a period of two months and in each of these videos, how what you charge, that's where the real money is. Because if you have 50,000 subscribers, for example, and you collaborate with like a, a, you know, a Yardley or a, a Revlon to make five videos, for each of those videos, if you're smart, you could charge anything north of 30,000 Rand. You know what I mean? Mm. So now you've done this collaboration of these five videos you've created with Revlon that collaborated with you. And maybe for those entire five videos, you end up making something depending, like I said, if you have more 50,000 subscribers, you can very easily make 200,000 Rand, maybe even more. Yeah. Yeah. Now you see that's money that can change your life. <laughs> that's, that's things that you focus on uh, in terms of like where I'm trying to drive it. So you want people chase to get a lot of views and subscribers for the very reason of going to a brand and saying, look at my audience that I've captured that watch me every week, pay me for this audience. I want us then to talk about, because um, you've sort of given us a lot to think about, especially in terms of the processes behind making the decisions of how you're going to generate income, whether it's, you know, ad revenue. And especially I like the fact that she sort of painted the picture of collaboration and how that sort of does make more sense in terms if you want to make more consistent money that's actually money that you're going to be able to live off as opposed to just depending on ad revenue because a lot of the time I think the misconception is that if you have a lot of viewers a lot of subscribers and you have you know a few ads like somewhere in your um, in your product then you are sort of good but I think you've sort of given us more to think about in terms of then how do you make that sort of you know come together with the rest of the summer with the rest of with the rest of your strategies at least your business strategy in terms of generating income for your particular um, brand or for your page and I, and I think that's quite important also because I think a lot of people don't actually touch on how you can make money off of collaboration because I think collaboration most of the time is looked at from the marketing aspect and not really from the I guess how much do you earn from that so I think that was quite insightful now I want us to talk about marketing I need to let you go 
in a few minutes. But I want us to talk about marketing. And marketing in South Africa, I think, has just been the most slippery conversation since the beginning of time, whether it's traditional media. And I think a lot of people have complained, even with movies, that you're busy training out movies, but we don't know these movies. Where are you marketing them? Um, and I think for me, it would also apply on, you know, the alternative space, alternative, um, you know, entertainment side of things. How important to you is marketing and ensuring that your following always knows your product, where it is, where it can be found, and visibility? Um, as a content creator, you are your own billboard. Yeah. As a content creator, you are your own billboard. So everything that you're doing consistently online, uh, outside of traditional um, versus traditional media is that we're automatically always advertising ourselves by virtue of just being online. Because uh, as a content creator, it's you're, you're, as a digital content creator, that's where you live the entire time. So everything that you do, every post you put up, every Instagram video, every YouTube video you put up, everything is constantly marketing for you. You're constantly trying to grow your audience, trying to bring new people in. So you have to have some sort of thought process behind that and think about it in a traditional sense of when a brand is releasing a new product, they go to long lengths to put it on radio, to put it on billboards, to put it on trains, to put it on television, to let people know about, hey, we have a new product or we've launched this new thing or we want to remind you that we still exist. Um, you have to kind of carry yourself in the same way as a content creator because you're your own brand, you're your own billboard. So every move you make and every move you don't make counts. You know what I mean? Every single thing that you do online is part of your marketing. So you have to be very deliberate and find out about how do I grow? You know, a lot of content creators ask me about marketing because they're like, okay, I started my channel. How am I going to tell people about it? How am I going to drive people to this channel? How am I going to drive people to my Instagram page? People don't know who I am. You guys have 100,000 view uh twitter followers and instagram followers so it's easy for you when you drop something for you to have a lot of eyeballs nobody's watching my stuff what's how do i get in, involved and i'm like people get involved by being involved socially you have to be you know in the same way in the real world you mark you net you network yourself and you shake hands with people uh, you introduce yourself uh, at any event that you're at so people can remember you uh uh ceos and ma managing directors and brand managers Online, you have to do the exact same thing. You have to market yourself to people who you know are in positions of power. You interact a lot more with posts of people on stories like Instagram and Facebook. You interact a lot more with people's posts on, excuse me, on a platform like Twitter. You make yourself visible because that's what marketing is. It's visibility, it's to be seen, to be heard every single day. If you're just sitting in the background waiting for somebody to speak about you or to advertise for you, you're never gonna uh, you're never going to get anywhere. So the marketing aspect of it for online is what we call is interaction, engagement. That's where your marketing comes from uh, in terms of how you need to carry yourself as a brand. Traditional media exists, but I mean, traditional media in the, in, um, in the scope of what we're speaking about today, it doesn't really matter because you're not going to deal with TV or radio unless they want to interview you, for example. But you're always going to have the opportunity to use the internet as a billboard of how you get yourself out there. Then you get into the small technical things of even on YouTube, like what are the keywords that people are searching for on YouTube? You know, you can have, there's an app, and now I forgot what the name of the app is. Uh, maybe I can talk, talk, find it while I talk to you. There's an app on YouTube that lets you know, you know how we're speaking about the fact that people find it difficult to choose a topic? Um, you can hear me, right? Yeah, still can hear you. Right, and there's an extension called Keywords Everywhere. It's called Keyword Tool. Keyword tool. 
uh, and it has keywords everywhere. And it lets you know once you start typing in anything, um, it lets you know about what people are actually searching for online. So you don't you can create content versus what 10 top 10 keywords people are searching for in that week or in that year to help you think of new ideas or be fresh. So again, these are all parts of how you market yourself by using the right words and making the right videos as well. The, uh, from time to time, it's good to be topical and tap into what people are speaking about. And even if it's not content that you're creating as a video to engage with, what are people speaking about? Let me add my voice and let me interact with the biggest voices in that conversation. That's marketing. Your name starts to pop up some, some places. People interact with you a, a lot more. You have a lot more visibility because you're starting to interact and you're starting to be seen every single day. People ask you this question about how they're going to be seen. And I'm like, what are you doing to be seen right now? You barely post anything on Twitter. You barely post anything on Instagram, but you're saying you're going to play in the digital space. When you start your YouTube channel, it's going to have the exact same results as what your current uh, probably of, as your current social media it's hard to connect them all because you're not showing any sort of initiative of getting these things very busy there's people who I, i've met online purely based on the fact that they engage with people all the time and you will see them pop up in your mentions next thing you're following them then you find out they're also a creator and then i had to understand why the interaction and why they were smart they knew how to speak to people went in uh, the right hashtags to use so they pop up in conversations and get known as somebody who has a voice it's being in school and the people who are, uh, uh, are able to speak loudly about themselves are always going to be known very well in school, right? Everybody, that, that guy is loud because he speaks about what, what he's very vocal about this certain thing. It's almost like you're, uh, what do you call it? Like you're protesting something. You know who the biggest protesters of race are, biggest protesters of equality are. These people that are, exist in society, we know because they're very proud of their voice and they speak and they engage with people who are interested consistently. So online, your biggest marketing tool is yourself. And you have to utilize those opportunities online to be seen at any given time. You mustn't sleep on yourself or sleep on conversations because you don't find them that interesting. You're never going to pop up. Your social media doesn't get to grow when you're quiet. So you don't grow if you're quiet. You have to be seen every single day. You have to play the game, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and just on that, Siko, because um, obviously you being visible and engaging and interacting on those spaces means that also then your product has to have some kind of consistency and you know being frequent on your on your page let's talk about lastly the importance of being consistent because i can't be watching your page and now on monday you hear and then i'll see you next month and then <laughs> next time we hear from you is december to me now i'm just like but you playing games so right. uh, how do we fix consistency I'm going to give you advice that uh, is my own advice as well at the same time. So, <laughs> so I'm talking to you guys, I'm talking to myself. But I'm saying, okay, don't look at me particularly because I've been on YouTube for a very, very long time. <laughs> you know, I've been, I've been on YouTube for a very, very long time and I've, I've been very, very consistent with a lot of things. And right now it's just that YouTube is not like at the high list of things that I'm busy with, projects that I'm doing. So I'm trying to fit it back into my schedule to be as regular as possible. I'm just extremely busy with a lot of things, especially a lot of writing, you know what I mean? So that's just on a personal note, in case anybody who listened to this, is listening here <laughs> also knows me and wonders why. But uh, I came back last week, no, two weeks ago, um, for the first time this year, and I'm trying to be a lot more consistent now. I'm dropping videos every week. I'm on top of video over the weekend, like on Sunday. And, you know, I'm trying to get back to the consistency of YouTube. Because for a long time, it wasn't fitting into my plans of what I was doing on my day-to-day. -day. And maybe now you understand after I just told you about the whole money situation. Uh, uh, in, terms of <laughs> in terms of, like, fame on YouTube, you know, like, I've experienced what I've done a lot of hard work on there. And 
very little of it at, at times had paid out. Uh, and I found other revenues to be able to make like proper money for myself. So those are the things that were taking up my time on that space. But now on the content creation space, I'm trying to bring back my YouTube. And what, to answer your question fully now is that consistency is going to be your biggest goal uh, and your biggest challenge when you, get, when you start making content. Because regardless of whether you're doing good or bad, it is difficult to make content every single week. It is not easy. People just think it's just switching on the camera. It starts off that way. And over time, it becomes a lot more, a lot more deliberate because it starts off very kind of natural and then people catch on to that natural vibe and you get surprised. Oh, good. People are, are feeling me. As you go on, you realize it is every week. It must be of a certain quality. So hit a certain standard. You start setting all these goals for yourself as well. So, and so you're going to have to keep yourself motivated about why you started. And you have to be consistent regardless of anything. People who've experienced a lot of success, even a lot of quick success on YouTube will tell you that they're so glad that they were consistent because that's what helped them grow. And they're so glad that they didn't let small numbers deter them because they're like, you know what, I'm just going to keep going. When people catch on to me, they'll be happy about how frequent I, 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 I get content that I'm going to create this solid fan base that won't go away. But I mean, I, I can't preach any, uh, any stronger about the fact that you must be very consistent, especially when you're just starting out. Because that's the time where people are going to catch some attention, but you have to keep that attention. Because these people don't know you. Every day they see, they see YouTube channels pop up that they never see again. You know, people, viewers online as well. We, us as the people who watch content, we are very fickle and we get annoyed and we turn off and we find some, something else that we like and we stop watching certain people because we just don't see them anymore. Consistency is going to be your best friend. On top of everything else that you're doing and your passion, it has to be a top priority. One way or another, you're going to have to go and shoot content. When I used to be on YouTube and we used to have a show called Microwave Boys and we used to shoot it every week. We started off as three of us doing the show every single week. It was fun for us. At some point, it was really, really difficult to get three people to do the same thing every week, but we did it anyway. We did it when we were fighting. We did it when we didn't want to do it. Uh, <laughs> we did it when it seemed almost impossible for that week. We did it. Somehow, every single week, we dropped an episode. Uh, and every now and then we have to take a break because it became that demanding. So the consistent part of it, even with something that people really, really love, is going to be the thing that has, you're going to have to do it and commit to it. And even when you're crying, you wipe your tears and you go put on some makeup and then you come back and you switch the camera on and you say, <laughs> hi guys, welcome back to my channel. <laughs> you know, you have, to, you have to just keep pushing and keep going through it because otherwise you're going to be playing a lot of games by yourself. It's, it's, it's the simple things with, with everything, you know? That's why I, I, everything that I'm saying from somebody who's starting out, it all sounds like words and all sounds like challenges and all, no matter how simple you try to make something, I know in your mind before you start something, it's always such a big hurdle to overcome. And everyone just tells you, just start, just start, just go for it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, my friend, you think you're fine. You don't worry. You will watch it. You know? <laughs> It's those small things that you have to start motivating yourself. But you know what? You just have to say, whatever. Open the camera, start recording. Hey, guys, welcome back to my channel. Here's what we're going to be talking about today. Let's go. And every single week you do it. Tears in your eyes, dry them out. If you're bleeding, put a bandage on. If you're sleeping, wake up. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you so much, Sipo. I think this was such a, an insightful conversation. And I think I've learned 
So I think, I mean, I thought I knew a lot, but I'm learning some different things, especially when you research something from the outside. Yes, you might know a lot of information, but it's always nice to hear someone who's actually gone through the journey and who's currently working in that particular space. I think it brings new and fresh insight. So I think this was quite a, as I mentioned, like a, a quite an insightful and helpful information. And I hope um, our alumni network and our cohort, which starts um, end of May, will also just be, um, will find this useful, especially those who want to get into the YouTube space. Um, thank you so much for your time. I think this is quite useful for, um, as I said, for our audience. By the way, you still need to tell us who is that YouTuber who made over a million rand from Right now, the game is going to help people are making a lot more money. So <laughs> people are getting, you know what I'm saying? Every week you're seeing somebody who's reaching a YouTube plaque status where they get 100,000 subscribers. Yeah, you know what I mean? Definitely. It's so beautiful definitely. to see. People are, and I, I love that, man. Because I know a lot of people who gave up. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people who gave up because it's, it, it can get very frustrating. And then you see, to see the boom of YouTube. I mean, I was talking to the guys at Google last year, last year this time, and they were looking at numbers from 2019 about how YouTube SA had grown by something ridiculous, like a thousand percent. You know what I mean? Just like in 2019. Um, so you see the big boom of everybody's jumping on. It's a dope thing because there's so much space for everybody. YouTube has over 2 billion views, views every day. 2 billion people are tuning into YouTube that's every day. That's big. And so, for our audience in, um, oh, sorry, you were saying? Oh, no, I was, yeah, no, I was just reiterating that number. That, that's how much we have to play with on there. So when you think about how big your thing can always be, uh, think about that number. Think about there's 2 billion potential viewers you could, you could uh, attract to your page at any given time. For our audience in Nigeria and Kenya who don't necessarily know you, where can they find you on social media platforms and your um, YouTube page? What's up, what's up, Kenya? Everybody listening to this. Uh, Okana, they have pretty much the number one content creator on the planet right now. Uh, in, um, <laughs> they sure do. <laughs> uh, what's her name? Elsa. Yeah, Majimbo. Yeah. You know, I mean, she, I mean, just a classic example of somebody who started playing around in their bedroom and now has reached heights that it, it almost seemed like it's a dream every single day. <laughs> so, so I can imagine that people in Kenya, especially, uh, if they weren't paying attention, they definitely paying attention right now <laughs> to what's going on online, seeing one of their own do so well. Uh, on Instagram, you can find me at Sipo Snaps. That's S-I-P-H-O, Snaps on uh, on Twitter, I'm Sipo underscore says, and those are really the two. And of course, my channel on YouTube is called Muchi Matters, M-U-C-H-I, Muchi Matters. Pop in there, subscribe as well. Uh, I'm most actively, actually, these days I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of spread around quite evenly between Instagram and Twitter. I used to just be on Twitter, and I never used to be much on Instagram. But now as a revenue stream, I'm like on Instagram, also trying to get the coins there too, <laughs> and trying to grow that platform. <laughs> So yeah, nice. pull up on me, Kenya. And if you follow and you're from Kenya, just say what's up, you know, and I'll follow you back. I want to see what people are busy with out there. Thank you so much, Sipo, for your time. As I said, I'm quite appreciative of this conversation. I think it was quite insightful for our audience, especially cohorts and even our alumni network. And hopefully you will continue. I'm one of those people who are sitting here and wondering why is Sipo not posting? Because um, I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> but at least I saw, I saw who you posted. So I need to actually go watch the recent video. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Um, I hope you have a great afternoon further. You too. Cheers. Have a good one. Cheers.